Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Book Dragons Reading Club. I'm your host, Brianna Lehman, and back with me is Julia, and we're going to discuss Helmet by Lee Bardugo. Okay. <clears throat> We've passed Ninth House. We're getting into Hellbent. Bye, Ninth House. Bye, Ninth House. See you later. See you later. It was wonderful. Now, now we're moving on. Okay. And we've already kind of talked about our opinions about all these at, at the at the very beginning of the podcast. So I'm just going to jump right into the questions. Yay! We'll just move. We'll just move through them. Okay. So, as Hellbent starts, we see a much more confident Alex attempting to find ways to bring Darlington back. How do you think the events of Ninth House contribute to this new confidence that we see? And do you think that the new confidence that we see? will be easy to shatter or do you think it's a lasting confidence um i i think there are a lot of things that um uh helped alex gain confidence i think what helped me gain confidence with her yeah. is that sandow as someone who she was seeing as an authority and in kind of a control of her situation, right? Yeah, and say yeah. same for Belle. What's her name again? Belle Bomb. Again, this lady, yeah. Daisy. Daisy. Belle okay. Bomb. Yeah. Belle Bomb. It's just Belle Bomb sounds like a stupid professor name, and Daisy doesn't sound like a professor right. name at all. So. Well, there's, so, there's huge difference between their characters and how yeah. they're too. So yeah, yeah. But I think somehow the fact that those people who were like highest authority for her in the first book, yeah were bad guys and they were the villains they were the villains and she kind of killed one of them and the other killed the other like yeah i think that that was uh, not the only reason but that's what kind of brought confidence for me too because now al and now darlington is also missing who was also authority so she yeah. now is the only person who knows like new people are coming in and she's the one who stayed and knows most of the things that happened. Yeah, Dawes so knows like a something. Guide for other people exactly. Now. So I think that kind of, from the very beginning, feeds into her confidence that hey, you know, and like when it kind there was this shift when they had new, like people coming in. What's the preter? What what do you say pre? Preter. Preter. Yeah, yeah, this person who like oversees them. Yeah. The 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 ninth house. Like. The Dawes and Alex both were treating him as like, hmm, there's a new guy coming to us. You know, like as if like yeah. they have ownership now. They yeah, there was this now. sense. And I think that's because of, you know, those turning out to be well villains and yeah. her like being involved in their deaths. Yeah. And and she knows more than what the Leafy board some like the leafy board doesn't even know that she's a wheel walker but her and dawes know yeah her and dawes know that she's yeah. a wheel walker they don't know exactly what it means but they mm -hmm. at least know exactly so i think i think new knowledge um unique information yeah. pos possession of unique information and and then the fact that the people who she thought were in authority turned out to be you know um well the kind of also they're not there they're not in authority anymore and mm -hmm. so you know, whoever comes next now, it doesn't matter who comes next. Yeah. She's going to be, she's not going to feel that authority over her anymore. Yeah. What, how do you think like that, um, all of that plays into her relationship with Michael Anselm throughout the book? Now we know, okay, for the, for the, for the, the listeners, 
if you haven't read which again if you if you this far and you haven't read it you should i i have no words for you go back and read the book stop listening and go read the book um but we know as readers in 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 retrospect we know that at a certain point in the book michael anselm is no longer actually michael anselm Mm -hmm. he is killed by the demon that is uh by golgorot he's killed by golgorot who is the demon that is holding uh darlington Darlington in hell and he is overtaken uh, by golgorot um so but like throughout the book there's still this relationship between them because alex doesn't know this until way way later mm-hmm. she doesn't know that that michael anselm is a demon so she is still trying to so how how do you think all of that newfound confidence because of this like you said this this shift in authority and yet she's also got this still this desperation because of other things that we'll talk about um that happened over the summer like so she still has like yeah, she has more confidence because she knows more of what's going on. She knows more about her situation, but she still has that desperation because her past is starting to catch up with her. Mm-hmm. And like e- Eaton, Aton, Aton, Aton is starting to catch up with her, and he's using her, um, and has been using her since the summer because he knows that she killed Ariel with Ellie's help. But he knows that she killed Ariel, and so he's holding this over her head to make her his, uh, his. Uh, bouncer. I don't, yeah. I don't really know what to call it. Yeah, I, I think it's he's bouncer. Like, bouncer. I I think that's not the right term, but like he's making her follow up on people's debts. Mm-hmm. He's making her. He's making her like the bounty hunter debt collector. Yeah, person for his drug empire, and so she's desperate. Her desperation throughout the book becomes more and more palpable as she continues to realize she is in way too deep with Aton. He is not going to let her go, and so she's trying to turn to Michael Anselm to help her. What do you think about that? Like, the... Like, that, that difference, like you said, she has this newfound confidence because she has unique information she has she like the authority is not quite there but yet there's this michael anselm character character that still does have some kind of authority over her and she still is desperate but i feel like it's not as desperate as as it was in ninth house with sandow and yet mm-hmm. this desperation and yet the situation is even more like it, it's way higher stakes yeah I, I i think that okay so i i need to make a quick kind of like step back and talk about like more general things and like the whole book as we've yeah. said before is a totally different it's thing totally like different. literally like totally different. as you said i'm so glad in ninth house they had villains as like humans yeah. and what i was thinking back then i'm like yep not in the hell man like everyone is like demons yeah so it's a whole different book and we have as you say the the things that we were worried before are kind of like oh, okay we're fine now but now the stakes are higher so say mm-hmm. her confidence first gets um really shaken yeah. when she goes to collect the first debt yeah. she gets her a ghost uh, a gray inside her yeah. and that that the gray, gray possesses yeah. her for a moment yeah that is the first moment when she's i felt as a reader when she's like uh oh no confidence that much anymore yeah. right yeah. and she becomes and she is like a, this nerve wreck at this point. From this point on, she's like very scared and 
because before that it felt like she also one of the things that gave her confidence is her knowing that as long as there is a gray around i'm good right yeah i can i can overcome any situation as long as exactly there's a gray. yes but when she has when she's possessed by a grid at this point she's afraid now of what can be done like so now she doesn't feel that confident in having grays around because yeah. like yeah i may be able to possess and yeah. may be able to control some powers but i also may like yeah. what's happening there you know it's what like i mean being confident like oh yeah i have a tiger on my side but yeah the tiger can bite you yeah exactly yeah. so that also fits into that so um i think i think with a ansom person the the dynamic is very interesting there because at what at this like at the same time she kind of treats him as like oh he will come and go like yeah she treats him as someone who's and also it gave away like because of that i was like i bet this guy will die by the end you know um, like i bet he's a disposable character like yeah. i kind of felt that from the character attitude like it felt like i'm like I'm not saying well, it on purpose, but like, okay, maybe that's because I write stories, yeah. you know, and I, and I know how it feels to write certain characters sometimes, yeah, like, sometimes. especially like I'm doing the first draft right now, right? For this one story. Yeah. And you kind of can have a feel for like, mm, this is not a character that's going to stay for long because of yeah. how the main character, I, I can't explain, but I, I could feel it that mm -hmm. way. But I really liked him more than Sandow because Sandow was just this, uh, like, older dude and he was basically just authority, right? Yeah. So it was like Alex just saw him as this big authority figure. Yeah. As this Anselm person, for, before he was killed, mm -hmm. he was very specific. I remember, like, she described him... What did she describe him? I don't... I forgot. Just because I want to sleep, but... <laughs> I remember picturing him vividly. I remember feeling him vividly. How he liked um, numbers, right? He was kind of specific. He he was like a character for me. Yeah. At the same time, as I say, I felt like he was a disposable character. I knew he would be gone. I knew Alex treated him like, oh, he's here and then he, he won't be here yeah. for long. Well, and she treated him like that because he wasn't supposed to be there for long. He was supposed to step down once the new Praetor was installed. He wasn't supposed to be there anymore. He was true, supposed to go true. back to New York yeah. and he was supposed to be out of their lives. Yeah, yeah. That's that's true. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the, the sense that I, that I got. But I also got a sense of like, I don't know. I felt like he would be, you know, involved in something. I was mm. like, I... I I bet. He just kind of got the sense. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of was. Yeah. He wasn't a villain. He wasn't. And I felt kind of... Not Michael Anselm. Michael, like the true Michael Anselm. No, he wasn't. Was not the yeah. He, he basically died and then yeah. he was used. He, his his body, body was his used. His body was used as a shell for the true, like, Golgoroth. Yeah. So Michael Anselm, the actual Michael Anselm was not the villain. Yeah. And I also think on the same note, I want to just add, if we don't get a chance to talk about it, I really liked that moment in the restaurant when yeah. you know it was so smoothly done it was that very I did, smoothly i made. didn't notice that i didn't catch it until the second time either yeah i was like yeah i was like <sighs> i was weirded out i'm like this dude seems different than before but yeah. i assumed that's because of a different like uh context because they would always right. meet in this like a university or you know at the uh, ilba stone but 
but at the restaurant he felt so relaxed and i'm like oh dude is having good time like i believed right. it well, right i believed it too because the way i saw it is that he didn't have the weight of running yes, that the house on him anymore i was just like oh yeah he feels free because he's no longer in charge that was really well he's, done it's yeah mm-hmm. i i really felt that was super well that's so and the comeback really later to that scene yeah that was the moment of like that was so much better in the end than the first book with those yes. monologues you're like oh yeah how could i have not noticed yes they they left breadcrumbs oh demons do this demons yes. do that you know and then like oh he fed on her yeah it was much more it was much more gracefully done. Yeah. But I think, again, I think, not again. I haven't said this yet. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think that um, it kind of shows a really cool, like, dichotomy between the way humans interact with the world in the book and the way demons interact with the world in the book. Because demons are much more predatory, much more graceful, much more... I'm going to sink my teeth into these unsuspecting little bags of meat and there is that emotions. Whereas mm-hmm. humans, they're much more bumbling. They're much more, they make mistakes. And if they're rich and powerful, they get to cover it up. They get to do all this other stuff. And so like looking at it now, I'm just like, Oh, that's a, that is actually really cool. Like we see that difference mm-hmm. between ninth house and hellbound. Like, like you said, the stakes are much higher because the, the, they're going like, to hell <laughs> the big bad is much much more different than in ninth house and ninth yeah, house they're dealing with humans which yeah they can they can they can really make make situations really bad but in hellbent they can literally keep your soul yeah for eternity yeah and that's like the stakes are so much higher and and the villains are so much worse mm-hmm. and so i think i think that I think if Lee Bardugo did not mean to make it like that, like that difference between like the it was humans, um, it, subconsciously it, done, it like must have been subconsciously done, accidentally. If it, if it wasn't on purpose, then it was accidental, and the accident it was really cool. But I agree, I agree. There is a sense, like, but as I say, with the scene, right? Why I pointed out is that it kind of it's as if the book teaches you to notice by the yes. end you kind of like can distinguish where the demons are and where yes. the humans are yeah by yourself just by yourself, from yeah and i think that that is really cool like yeah. that i will compliment I that like is that so too. cool that's why yeah. i pointed out that scene because i was literally like blown away i was like yeah. oh, it's just like no oh, way wait a second. yeah 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 it felt like it like and that felt satisfying it, it was satisfying too because like I'm used to very, very subtle foreshadowing and very, very subtle Easter eggs uh-huh. because that's how Sarah J. Moss writes all her stuff. Mm-hmm. You've got to be paying attention to find the stuff in her books. And so I feel like some authors, like after after really getting into Sarah J. Moss and really looking through her stuff, I've been really trained on how to catch little things like that mm-hmm. by Sarah J. Moss. And so when other authors try to do foreshadowing and they aren't as subtle about it, I'm just like, well, I saw that coming from a mile away. That you know what I saw like coming down from to a me. mile away? <laughs> I was like when Alex was talking to Mercy out of the blue, she's like, Mercy's like, so where did he go? Like as always, where did he go? And then Alex was like, Oh, for once. And she just started telling her the truth. Everything, yeah. right? I was like that moment, I was like, 
I bet Mercy's gonna join their group, yeah, right? And then this is the, this yeah. is a funny moment. And then I was at that point was listening right to yeah, the audiobook, yeah. and it was the moment when when Dawes and Alex were talking about like, oh, we need this fourth 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 like soldier or pilgrim or yeah, whatever, a fourth murderer. <laughs> For, 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 for like we have to person we have a person we need a person who will look after our bodies oh, while yeah. we are gone and literally I say a lot because I talk to myself a lot because yeah. if no one gotten yet yeah. I'm a weird person but anyway um and I was I like you know walking yeah. walking at, at, in my apartment be like yeah well guys I bet Mercy's gonna step in like in a moment literally like in 20 seconds Mercy's like ah, I could do it and he's like were you listening all the time yeah, you know like that moment yeah. Literally like thirty seconds before Mercy appeared, I didn't see it on the page because I was listening. I was like, "Mercy, I know Mercy's gonna be the person." Like it was just so obvious. So that I will not compliment because it felt like, and they were figuring that for like I don't know, probably twenty pages or more. And I'm like, "Guys, it's gonna be Mercy. Just let's move on." You know, like it was. It was one of those ones. Like, yeah, just yeah whatever it's yeah. not boring boring so there were moments like that too but yeah, yeah some of them were brilliant like that yeah. restaurant scene yeah 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 <laughs> she's a miss whatever yeah, yeah. let's move yeah. on <laughs> okay so we kind of already alluded to like we already a little like glossed over a little bit like how over the summer alex's past with aton and ariel and ground zero kind of caught up to her and now she's attempting to keep her past and her present lives separate. Um, she's trying to keep her Yale life separate from her from her Los Angeles life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has been since Ninth House. Nobody in Ninth House knows. Like her roommates don't know what happened. Ooh. Her nobody figures it out. Darlington finally figures it out, but it's right before he's eaten, and so nobody mm-hmm. can really figure that out. And it's not until about it's not until the descent into hell after the gauntlet that um that other people figure out oh this is why alex is a murderer like she she owned up to being a murderer she's like well you've got one in me and then and then dawes because she killed like keely in Mm self-defense and then um and and so she's like she kind of alludes to it with people but she never actually straight up told them until they see it in her head Mm-hmm. What we know as the reader because she told us because we see her in her head. She, we have that perspective, but like nobody else knows. Darlington knew, but he was eaten by a demon the second he figured it out. So she she manages to keep she manages to keep separate. her life separate, and it's getting harder in Hellbent because uh, Aton caught up with her, and he's just like, "I know what you did. You've got to work for me now." Mm-hmm. Um, and so how does this? underlying conflict of trying to keep her past life and her present life at Yale separate um affect her choices with Leafy and trying to get to Darlington how do you think how do you think that that underlying conflict plays into her decision making trying to keep them separate yeah the lives yeah well, she's definitely afraid that if she frees Darlington, that she, he would like tell people, and that will be more difficult for her to keep her. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like I think we see a little bit of character growth because she's like, it might be hard, but at the but I know that the right thing to do is to get Darlington. Yeah, but on the other hand, it was a little bit okay. I will say how I felt. I felt it was forced. I felt it was forced because she was doing 
okay, she she was going to go to hell to get the dude back. Yeah. And she was like, because she felt like she oh, owed him. maybe he will live, live, like, no, stop it. Like, yeah. it was, it felt forced because it, at that point, it was no longer, a, I didn't feel like it was a strong, it was kind of like workable in Ninth House because mm-hmm. Darlington and Alex, because as a reader, I didn't know the, like, scope of re- their relationship because of yeah. how it was fed spoon by spoon to us, yeah. right? It was difficult. Yeah. But by the time she goes to get dude from hell, I'm like, come on, shut up. Like, that's not even, oh, man, like, oh, you know, like, it really yeah. felt kind of, like, draggy at that point and forced. And as I said... What I the problem I have with Hellbent, not the problem, but like things that didn't work for me there. Remember how I said that it felt like Lee Bardugo listened to the criticism to Ninth House and then, like, you know, did her job and like improved on many things in um, Hellbent? Well, she over improved on character motivation, (laughs) right? So, okay. She overdid it. In Ninth House, character motivation was non-existent okay. in a present moment, as I said. Yeah. It, retrospectively, you can you justify it. everything yeah. Alex did. But in the present narrative present, no. Like, while you're reading, you're like, what the heck is happening? Yeah, right? Like, there was no motivation. She will yeah. realize something out of the blue and do it, but you're like, uh, excuse me, who? Why? Uh, anyway. Yeah. In Hellbent, it was reverse. It was like justifying every single, okay, 70% of lying dialogues that she was saying. Like before every lying dialogue that she would say to someone who is not Dawes or Darlington or Turner, you would have like an introspection moment in between to justify why she's going to say what she's going to say. Yeah, to so justify was why she's lying. There was too much character motivation. There mm-hmm. was too much just dancing on the same spot. And that's why it felt so draggy for me to read the book. Mm-hmm. I just, or to listen to the book. Because when I would read, I would be like, okay, that sentence again. And it was like almost the same sentence over and over and over and over again. And sometimes you would get that sentence. And then two, like, like a page later you would have like an opposite motivation contradicting what you just said the page before i found one of them i wish i would have written an example i just didn't like i was like oh i remember it i of course i forgot yeah, I know. but i was like this is the opposite of what she just said mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it was just really annoying because she basically by doing those inserts of explaining why alex is going to say what she's going to say she kind of killed the suspense every time Alex would give an answer mm. to people who are not those Darlington yeah. or Turner, like so, secondary characters. So for correction, like in Ninth House, you felt like the suspense was too much and you needed more character. In in Ninth motivation. House, there was no suspense because it was just like, it didn't work in a lot of places. Yeah. But Halbent had such potential. Halbent was so much better on dialogue, but yeah. because of those like justifications they were just not needed and it was very repetitive very repetitive over and over and that thing that's why i'm talking about the darlington thing well like oh what if darlington like told on me and blah blah and i'm like we've already decided he wouldn't i thought we decided he wouldn't you know like and it would like keep going on and not only that and others also and that's why in the second book alex was annoying to me 
as as I said, when she's on her own in her own head, yeah, I'm like, oh my goodness, can anyone just please come and talk to her? You know, like <laughs> whenever she's with other characters, yeah. and if she's like, and she he she has to be like feisty, yeah. she's cool. Like yeah. I love her. Her dialogue lines are great, yeah. and she's very great at sarcasm. Turner, whenever Turner per pops up, I'm like, yes, finally my time to, you know, I love Turner. Turner is ah, we have to have a podcast on Turner. Just Turner. Just Turner, and then podcast on Darling. <laughs> yeah girl we don't have enough information i don't yeah <laughs> but um i mean we do but like uh, do you agree that it was like repetitive in s- some ways and just going in circles with some motivations it's like i we i thought we've been through this <laughs> you know like yes but i also felt like you liked it i mean i did i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot yeah. i liked that it showed she was thinking a little bit more than in Ninth House. In Ninth House, like, yeah, she was thinking, but she, I feel like Ninth House was pure survival mode. True, she, true, she yeah. She was just running on instinct. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Hellbent, I felt like we got to see a little bit more character development because she actually, like, yeah, she continued. She still rushed into things, but she at least was working on trying to come up with a plan trying to formulate decisions oh yeah absolutely yeah about it yeah instead and so i think we see that even though this like we said the stakes are so much higher she's still in this desperate place we see character growth in that she's not just purely relying on instinct to survive anymore yeah she is actually thinking and proactively trying to make things better no absolutely i agree alex grew on me in the second one and i agree absolutely with every single thing you said Mm -hmm. but there were just many repetitive motivations that i'm like if you cut out even half of them the book would have been like 20-ish pages like like literally like yeah. i i when i was finishing the book i'm like i could have been done with this book if not for those you know like <laughs> if not for those books, by this time it would have yeah. already finished <laughs> yeah. yeah um what do you feel about the underlying conflict affecting her choices with lethe and trying to get to darlington i think that um honestly like yeah it played a part I think that she was hoping so much that by getting to Darlington, it would magically solve her problems. Hmm. I think I think she was trying to use getting Darlington because because she said it so many times. Darlington would know what to do. Darlington oh, will know what to do. Darlington knows true. what to do. She says it so often. Like you said, that repeat, that repetition. I think she was really... That thing of, I like, though. That's I, yeah, that's not a motivation I, think, I was talking about. I think she's... I, I, I really think that her motivation to get to Darlington is because she thought that he could help her fix it. That makes sense. Yeah, I see. I can see that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so and so her decisions with Lethe and with trying to get to Darlington and her desperation there was because she was like, once I get him back, he can help me fix this problem. I won't mm-hmm. have this problem anymore because either I'll be dead yeah. or Darlington will help me fix it. You know what? It's, That's a great point. Yeah. So I think I think that really played into that conflict a little bit. Just her desperation both to keep her life separate, desperation mm-hmm. to get Aton off her back, and desperation to get to Darlington because she was trying to use Darlington like a lucky, lucky rabbit's foot. Almost. True. I, I Yeah, I definitely... Now that you say it, yeah. I, I can like... Yeah, I feel like I sent that, sensed that, but I couldn't put it into yeah. words, but it makes yeah, perfect sense. Because like in the whole 
thing of Hellbent, we also see her using the resources at Lethe a lot more liberally. Mm-hmm. She's just like, oh, I know because I was here over the summer exactly what Lethe has. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what they have. I know exactly what it's used for. And so I yeah. can use it to my advantage because I've got this. They are, it's going to help me. And when Darlington's back, he'll help me too. Mm-hmm. So I think she was much more, I think that also plays into the confidence that we see is because she has spent the time to learn what she can do Yeah, with Lethe behind her. And I think that's why she was nervous to lose Lethe at the same time. Not because mm-hmm. she would have had to go back to LA at that point and Aton, like, yeah, there's that whole underneath conflict, but I think it's because she's, she, she finally, she, she fell in love with, with Lethe and the magic. And I think so too. All those resources yeah. that she finally had at her disposal. I think even if like, say there was a third choice, right? It's either yeah. go back to LA a state Lethe, or there's a third choice yeah. where she can like move to I don't know Idaho, whatever. Idaho, Some work work at like a bookshop, you yeah. know, and have like someone pay for her rent, yeah. you know, like help her out. She would she would, she would miss Lethe, yeah. not because like it's like oh I can stay here and like yeah I just yeah she and she became such a big part of it. Like in the first book, she's like oh I'll just be like quiet and not react and you know yeah. like. And now yeah. she's like, you know, she's like the person. She's found purpose. She's kind of the worst. She's. <laughs> I mean, she's... I mean, other guys are in their houses doing their yeah. thing. She's I like, mean, you know, she's... let me go to hell and yeah. open the gates of hell. And so. Yeah, I think, I, mean... I think, I think Lee <laughs> helped her find purpose. Purpose. Yeah. Because like in Ninth House, like you said, she's holding back. She's staying quiet. She's keeping her head down because she doesn't know what to do she's yeah. in survival mode i also think and now see we start i asked you a question that that's sparked me thinking as you and you said like it gave her purpose i think that part of finding darlington was also like darlington would have solution for my problem mm-hmm. and also like i know it from my own life you know yeah. when you're lost and frustrated gripping on to at least do this and be yeah. busy like yeah being busy doing something yes ma- gives you a sense of like potential accomplishment yeah. sense of progress keeps your mind off you know things. i yeah. feel like she would be obsessed with getting to darling even if she even if Aton wasn't a factor yeah i th- i'm i'm sure of it i i think that it would it's like she has this gaping hole in yeah. herself. She has this fear. She has a lot of things that she's running from internally. Yeah. And it feels like getting Darlington is almost like a mission like to keep herself busy. Yeah. Not the only factor, but keep I think her, it's part yeah. of it because she she's over-obsessed with it. Like, she is just... I mean... And I understand why. I mean, in, yeah. in a good way saying that. Yeah. Like... I can relate. Like, I have those things in my life where it's like, you take them away from me and I'll just be like, but what do I do now? It's not like losing those things. I, like, lose something for real. It's I lose busyness that keeps me from things. Yeah. Do you think Uh that... Sorry. (laughs) You're fine. Do you think that her 
racing to be busy all the time, trying to find this mission, trying to do all this, like you said, do you think it's also in part because she was using drugs for so long? Absolutely. To keep herself in a haze. Do you think this is a replacement for that? Yeah. That's, I think that's kind of what I was trying to say. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of like, like a, a way... It's a addiction. It's a different addiction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It feels like that. In the, in With getting Darlington especially, I'm like, I was like, I get it. He was an important person. I kind of like Darlington more than you, Alex. So I would <laughs> rather you get him out of hell. Oh, but no girl! <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, almost, it's almost manic. A little bit. A little bit, not much, a little bit. It's, it's, she's, they are obsessed, both yeah, of them. Both of them. Dawes, I'm not sure what to think about her obsession with it. I, what is their relationship though? That's the thing. Like, I don't know. There's, like, like, we see a lot of foreshadowing of, like, a, a future relationship between Dawes and, not Dawes, uh, Darlington and Alex. Yeah. We see huge foreshadowing there. I know a lot of people, like, I was seeing reviews and how people are frustrated that we didn't get any, like, spicy scenes between Darlington and Alex. I think we did. I mean... <laughs> I think several of them in both books. I'm well, like... <laughs> these are people who are expecting full-on sex. Let's be honest here. I didn't expect it. I, w I was fine with what I got. I, <laughs> like, some of yeah. the some of the descriptions, I'm like, I need to I unread that. I need to bleach in my eyes. <laughs> yes. Um, Can but, I bleach my imagination, please? <laughs> but, like, a lot of people that do like romance and they like descriptive romance, they were disappointed that there wasn't anything. Aww. They were disappointed. They wanted to see that. And I'm not speaking for myself. But, you know, like, I, you know, I would have liked to see a little bit more development. I thought there was going to be more development in their relationship because I saw the, I saw the potential for it in Nighthouse. And I was like, oh, that'll be interesting. Where I'm did wondering... you see a potential of it? And I'm just curious. In Nighthouse, <laughs> this is a good topic. Let's it was, continue. <laughs> it, was in, it was in, um, in when, when he was high after that one, um. I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. That and was, that was the first inkling. I was just like, oh, they're going to have a relationship later. That's what I thought too. And so, uh, and I so, was mad though that there there was no commentary on her part. Like there was a commentary on how he felt afterwards, but sh there was nothing about how she felt. She kind of brushed it off in a sense. And I think part of that is because of what what she had experienced in her past with Len and and Betcha. Just like numbness. Numbness towards that, like she had mm. used she had used her body and she had used sex as 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 currency. Because she had to. She, you know. See the so difference. Okay. That's such a good. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad. That's what I mean. Motivations don't make sense. Now that you say it, it makes sense. But when I was reading it, the order in which I read that was yeah. the flashback when she's 12 years old. Then the scene with Darling Darlington like trying to. Oh. And then later, 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 we learn about Len, Betcha, and Haley. So at the moment I was like, what she happening? brushes it off yeah. Yeah. because all I had was the scene with the bathroom when she was 12 years yeah. old. So you were like, why is she so cavalier? About exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying that the first book did such a, like it hindered itself with yeah. that. Like the character motivations didn't make sense in so many cases. I was very frustratingly annoyed. Yeah. yeah. Second book is much better. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. I liked it that we kind of, retreated because 
it gives me maybe I'll uh, someday I'll be rereading it with better heart, you know? Well, and I think like I think I forgot my first impression because my first impression of Ninth House was back in January when I read it for the first time. Sure. Let's be honest. Okay. This was my second read through. So mm-hmm. I have a totally different perspective on it now because it's not yeah. my first time reading through it. Yeah. This is your first time reading through it, but this is my second time. I, and I think that's great. You know, yeah. I think that's great that, that you had, you know, read, have read it twice. And I, cause we have like two different perspectives at this mm-hmm. point. And this book, it, I think it really like, if I had to read Ninth House again, yeah, I would have, it will be a totally different read for me. It will be a totally different book for you. I, I, I bet. think you'll enjoy it much more if you read it a second time now. I bet. Yeah. don't want to read it a second time, but I yeah. bet I would enjoy it. I think you would enjoy it. In, yeah. Like, if you if you go back in, in, in the in the future and you decide to read it again, I think you'll enjoy yeah. it more. All right. Because you have all this information. All right. Um, so, Darlington and Alex are oh, a thing, yeah. maybe. Yes. Well, and, and so a lot of people, like, in, in the reviews, they were like, I need more of Darlington and Alex in the second book. And then it held that, you we, know what? We get nothing. You and know what I needed? so disappointed by that. You know what I needed? What did you need? I didn't need Darlington and Alex. I need more of Darlington. Like, you just I just... Darlington. Okay, can I just say it? I just wrote a note here. Yeah. Darlington's narrative yeah. is so much better than Alex's it's yeah. okay let me okay. explain his first chapter I think it's it's 40 something chapters and I think chapter number 40 something is the very first chapter we get from his narration it's a couple of them in this book yeah from his not, perspective there's not much from his perspective in this book and I think that's done on purpose yes on but purpose. the first chapter that's from his perspective you should have seen me I started reading it and I didn't know it was from Darlington's perspective like I read through the first paragraph and I was like oh, it's Darlington but I felt it like yeah as I say like when I read prose like I experience words and I experience sentences and I experience how they affect me yeah and his voice is so much better than Alex's. He is more like, there. He's more purposeful. I mean, Lieber Dugo when she's writing from Darlington's perspective, yeah. she's more purposeful in writing it. She's more like interesting, you know. And again, Alex goes in circles on and on and on, and it's really annoying. Never with Darlington, like. He will think something and then move on and then move on and it it progresses. So it it's really interesting. Like I usually swallow his chapters. I liked the the flashback with him. You know his parents, Ilbastone in the first one. Like it was so interesting. I was like, why is this not a book about Darlington? Not because I'm like I like him as a like love interest to Alex. I I kind of like don't care much about that. I just like him as a character. I think yeah. he's a very interesting character. Again, not as a love interest, just as a character on his own. Mm-hmm. He's he's great. But um honestly, from what all you're saying, the difference between Darlington and Alex, I think that's really good writing on Lee Bardugo's part, making uh, yeah. them so different. Yeah, absolutely. I I I, 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 I wish it was Darlington's story though. I know, yeah. Like, you just like him better. Um like well, like narration the, better from him. And yeah. his narration should be much more different than than yeah Alex is yeah because he's had the education he's had the privilege he's had yeah. all of this he should have a more logical thought process whereas Alex has always she's been in a drug haze for who knows how many years yeah she's she's like she dropped out of high school she dropped out of all this stuff her thought process she's just now beginning to work into her own 
character past she she's just now starting to try and overcome her past and try and become a more ordered person and so we see that spinning in her thoughts because mm-hmm. this is her starting to try mm. and so i i think that's really good writing on lee bardugo's part showing that like your frustrations with alex they make sense yeah they're frustrating but like okay i don't want to disagree so that it sounds that i think lee bardugo is a bad writer she's a great writer yeah yeah but what i'm saying about alex could have easily been fixed and still be true to who Alex is as a character. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, yeah. 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 There's obviously, I mean, yeah. all, all authors have flaws and all authors. Do. Yeah. I'm sure there, nobody is as thoughtful as Terry Pratchett. Like, let's be honest. Well, what? No, I haven't, I haven't read Brendan Sanderson. I have high, ho- I have such high, high expectations for well, Brendan Sanderson. I love Sarah Dumas. Everybody has their own favorite author. And I, I know that Brandon Sanderson yeah. is a fan of Terry Pratchett. I actually started yeah. reading Terry Pratchett because I was watching Brendan Sanderson's writing, writing lessons. Uh, and he was like, always like gushing about Terry Pratchett. I was like, I need to check this dude out. And then I was like, this is Red, I love him. He died. I wish he had. But anyway, yeah, um, so like, I think, I think you're you make very valid points, but I also see like the points you're making. I see how like in in Bardugo's mind as she's creating the characters, why she would have done the steps that you're not that you're just like. I wish it could have been done better, and it could have been done better. Yeah, but I see what she was going for, and I oh yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate what she was going for. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, she she in the end, in the end, it's her mm-hmm. story and it's her book, oh, and yeah. she. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that she did everything she wanted, and so in that regard, the book is perfect. Yeah, and like if Lee Bardugo is happy with it, you yeah, know, yeah. that's the most important thing. Well, no matter what I think. Well, and, and like you said, books are for entertainment. It's very entertaining. Uh, yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah, I was entertained. Yeah, as long <laughs> as I can skip certain things, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, it's the science it, end it again. Me, like honestly, discussions like this kind of remind me of that scene in Gladiator where he opens his arms and goes, "Are you entertained?" Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like authors have to do that so often, where they're just like, "Are you entertained by like, what I've written?" And, and I'm like. No. <laughs> oh well. Okay, then keep going. Thumbs down from Julia. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hellbent is so much better than Ninth House, and I, I liked, I liked a lot of aspects of this book. There yeah. were really, really good stuff. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um. Moving on. <laughs> can we? Yeah. Can we? Yes, we can. Let's move on. So Alex and Dawes, like we've already said, they are frantic, manic, obsessed to get to Darlington. And they attempt an unsuccessful ritual to get him out of hell, which ends up destroying some property. They get yelled at by Michael Anselm. That's the last time we see Michael Anselm as his true self. We don't know that yet. But they try this unsuccessful ritual to get him out of hell. And then their first attempt at the gauntlet is also i felt rushed Mm -hmm. and unsuccessful what effect do you think alex's overconfidence plays in the rushing of these rituals and do you think the outcomes would have been different if they had taken a little bit more time to prepare 
Or do you think they would have stayed the same because the forces they were up against were so much worse than they than they knew? Uh, first time when they tried it in what was the house where they tried it? Scroll and key. Scroll and key. So for scroll and key, when it was rushed. So when it was rushed, when they tried to reach Darlington, not go to hell using Gauntlet, but well, just they, reach him. Well, no, I. They didn't try to go. They thought they could recall him because they thought they could recall him out of hell. Recall him out of hell. Yeah, with the ritual because that's what Sandow had tried to do, and then but then she was like, oh, but Sandow wasn't actually trying yeah, yeah yeah and so like so that was rushed and i think if they kind of given it a little bit more thought it could have been i think the outcome would have been the same but it could have been more cleaner yeah. and they wouldn't gotten into trouble for yeah. winning which it didn't again they were they it's fine yeah it was okay it's fine. <laughs> they were fine so it's like whatever is there needed to talk about no with the gauntlet so could they prepare more yeah, of course they could. But I think the outcome would be the same because yeah. of the forces. Like, they right. could prepare as much as they wanted to. Again, I... Outcome wouldn't change. Yes. But Alex was risking other people's lives. Yes. And that's the only thing... Not the only thing, but that's the thing that bugged me a lot. Because I'm like... From my perspective as a reader, I know the outcome wouldn't change. Yeah. But Alex is a character in a book. Kind of. She doesn't know. That, okay. That's yeah. why I said Alex is a villain. That's why I said Alex is not such like a, you know, she's not a hero. No. Because she, and when I said she doesn't care about people, I was talking about this as well. Yeah. She doesn't know that the outcome would be this or that. She can't. She risks everyone's life to keep herself busy and do something that she believes in and it's good that she believes in being able to rescue her friend from yeah. hell which is great like good intentions terrible execution terrible execution risking people's lives yeah and i'm talking not only about the four people yeah they opened the gates they opened the gates to hell to hell demons yeah. are now going to feed off a lot of uh, living yeah. people and I mean, it's her fault. Yeah, it is. And so, no matter whether the outcome would have been um, the same, Alex is in the wrong for rushing it, not preparing, yeah. not doing her job. And even though the outcome with like Darlington and the demon would be the same, maybe they could have avoided some of the collateral damage. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So. I mean, it also doesn't really help that there was like no literature for them to really research their research was hindered because there was no information that they could find true because i mean they were they were trying to find the gauntlet all summer yeah they were trying to find information about hell all summer leading up to it because this yeah. took place, the first attempt took place on halloween so from the end let's say okay so so let's say gail got out in mid-may that's that's uh june july august september that's that's four months of trying to research and find this information that's that's a pretty good amount of time yeah but um, at the same time alex didn't tell like she didn't prepare a trip yeah 
she treated she him as him. a dog. Like, yeah, she was. She liked. He, she liked him, but she was when she in her narration talked about Trip like like liking him, like a cute dog, like yeah. a puppy. She like didn't treat. Yeah, she did not treat him as a person, and I was very like. From the very beginning, even in the first book when she was talking to him, she yeah. was talking to him with disrespect. Yeah. And, like, the way she was judging him. And, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. When I say rushed, I mean, it should have been... Like, imagine I come to you and I'm like, Brianna, mm. so next week we're going to hell. Mm. Come at this time and be prepared to go to hell. Right? And but I don't tell you how. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that yeah. was nasty. Like, Alex, yeah. ah, ta, 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 ta. people don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Normal people, anyway. <laughs> if you are going to hell, you had better prepare for it, right? I mean, if you are preparing for the trip, yeah. prepare well. Yeah. 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 Sandwiches. Sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular flavor? <laughs> Maybe with ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. Yeah. And more pickles. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So after their first attempt at the gauntlet, the four murderers are haunted by these personal demons that have followed them back from hell. Um, how does this added pressure affect their choices, their desperation, and their second attempt at the gauntlet. You want to answer that? Or yeah, yeah, I can, I can go first. So I think, like I said, I felt like the really big climax happened at the first gauntlet. Amen. And I was just like, I was, I was a little confused. My first time going through the book, I was just like, that's it. I was just like, <laughs> wait a second. it. But we've got eight more hours of my audiobook. <laughs> what's gonna happen now and then these demons come through and i'm just like oh so they're gonna okay so now what's gonna happen and then it just felt like more and more pieces just kept piling up against them Aton became more of a problem linus rider was more of a problem these demons are trying to take them over we lose trip somewhere along the way we don't know what happened to him um they're all becoming weaker and weaker they they she manages to get Darlington back because mm -hmm. she's a wheel walker and she just, in, in desperation, what she figures out what Michael Anselm is, she's able to cross over uh, using her wheel walker power and grab Darlington and bring him back. And he becomes that fourth, that fourth person because Trip mm -hmm. um, goes MIA because his demon, his demon gets the best of him. And he, he feeds on him. And like you said, that's a huge injustice. Like the way, and I think Alex realized it at the end. I think she realized that she had treated Tripp really unfairly. She had treated him really poorly. That's true. She does realize and that. She realized it. And I think, I think that, I think that kind of plays into why at the end she is just like, Tripp, she fights for him, to, fights stay for him to stay alive. Instead yeah. of just I liked the fist the bump at the end. He's yeah. like, but I want to kill you, fist bump. I eat you. I want to yeah. eat you. He's like, I kind of want to eat you. She's like, I know, buddy. Yeah, I know, <laughs> buddy. Like, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I get that. That was that, really that cool. Was cute. There were really, really like, a lot of moments like that in a book. Like, kind of yeah. sweet, cute, like, yeah. very warm. Between the, like, the, I felt like the Alex found like a found family she in did. this book you really did find a found like this book had a lot more found family tropes in there and i liked that, that i always love found family i love found yeah. family I mean, my, my favorite yeah. um 
but like yeah i really think that um like everything started piling on but i I was still kind of reeling i was like what the heck is happening like the the huge climax already happened and then it just felt like things started spinning out of control Mm -hmm. and i was like whoa 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 and then yeah and then their second trip on the gauntlet was just as rushed as their first one but there was inklings on alex made a plan and we and and like we know that um that dawes is very concerned that somebody's gonna have to stay in hell darlington has said like they're not gonna let us out of hell nobody escapes hell once you get in there like you're there Mm -hmm. and so then and alex is like i've got a plan i've got a plan don't worry none of us are staying in hell and i'm just like okay what are you gonna do i knew what she would gonna do you know how (laughs) oh because somewhere in the middle of the book alex had like two pages of thinking about what she could do to Aton, and she's like I would need this many dollars to protect my mother and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, so when I read or watch stories, the way they... So once I've read or watched the scene, it becomes like... like, You know how the the train goes and you have like... How are these things called? The train wagons or whatever? The train carts. So like each scene would be like an edit cart. And then I would like, as soon as the scene ends, I see the whole picture of everything I've read before plus the scene. Okay. And then again, I see the whole picture of before plus the scene. So for me, and whenever things like that happen, like authors will spend like two pages on having characters thinking about what will they do? How will they get out of this dilemma, right? So there's a glaring like hanging question of like what's gonna happen to Ethan, right yeah and then there's a glaring question of who's gonna be the person to stay in hell mm-hmm. i had no it was like mercy thing i'm like well um if it's not Ethan, i'm gonna eat my socks you know like <laughs> for me i was like if this is gonna happen this is the most predictable for me thing because i saw it like pretty much when she's thought about it i'm like i bet he's gonna come in the climax and he's gonna be the you know it, yeah. it was kind of obvious yeah i honestly for me i was um my first listen through i was i was like oh well that's a creative uh fix to your problem because i i wasn't expecting it i think oh, okay i think what a lot of authors try to do and they're they they um forget about the readers like you who just kind of pile things they up pile things mm-hmm. they pile information on hoping that you'll forget over yeah. things and forget and i did that um i Shame just, on like, you well, was, <laughs> i'm joking i'm I mean, joking and i knew Aton was gonna continue being a problem and i was just like i mean she's she said she has a fix for it it's gonna be creative i'm sure but there's all this other information and there's all this other problems. Let's figure, let's just go along for the ride. Yeah, and yeah. then she throws Aton into hell and yeah. closes the door. And I'm just like, oh, well, that's one way to fix the problem. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, honestly, I'm not too mad about it because Aton was not, not a good guy. And he was continually, he was just like, do this last job for me. And she's just like, Okay, I did the job. And he's like, oh, well, that wasn't actually the last job. Do this last job for me. Otherwise, I'm going to kill you and kill your mom. And she's like, okay, but you said the last job was the last job. It's always going to be one more job. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, yeah, get him out of there. Because he's... But I really think that's going to bite her in the ass in the next book. Because he will become a demon. I think it's going to bite her 
so hard in the next book. Also, if the next book doesn't have heaven in its title, I think I'm going to be mad because they made illusions. She made strong illusions that heaven would be the next realm that they're going to be um, going to. Yeah, that would be fun. They they planted the tree of knowledge in hell. What's going to be in heaven? Yeah, come on. You I laughed, okay? No, somebody <laughs> has somebody has to record me on video when I yeah. listen to books cuz I was like, "Huh? They planted the tree of knowledge in hell?" You know, it was just I was like dead on the floor laughing. It was just ridiculous. Kind of makes sense though cuz that's what know. made Adam and Eve go go sinful if you really look at it but so 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 uh, garden of eden technically if we we take christian christianity now okay so we take christianity as mythology right in the context of let's not even talk about our faith or anything we just take christianity with mythology so Technically, what they're saying is that Garden of Eden is now hell, because because by Christian mythology, the tree of knowledge being in there. I I laughed. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. I laugh at at like the most not funny things, so it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) I laugh all the time, like right now. I mean, you know, it's 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 okay. Everybody everybody needs to have a little bit of morbid humor every now and then. Um. Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. 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 Mm. All right. Last question. Wait, what? Last question. What? Wow. We're on the last one. Okay. We got through it. All right. So you fast. Ready? You ready? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I felt like this one was much faster than I does. I still and have it's two only, points to make. You still have two points about well <laughs> <laughs> are they related to this question or are they uh, side points? Do you think we'll get to it in this question or do you want to make the points now? Yeah, I had a okay. I I had something that like I just wanted to point out because I feel like you just said a very good thing that sometimes readers don't notice things because they're just like you know there's a lot of information you kind of sweep through the book and then you forget about it. I I felt like I was being cheated big time. Um. So remember how the book has two parts. Yeah. And remember how the second part opens with her in the basement with Darlington's yes. parents, yeah. right? So that's a callback to the opening of the first part. Yeah. So what I did, because I, I, I read the second part, I started reading the second part and I was like, wait, is it where we started in the very beginning? Mm-hmm. So I read through her in already in the basement and it, it kind of describes her coming from the hospital when she realized it was Darlington, she thought, who mm-hmm. killed those two, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, she thinks she Darlington, Darlington is involved in, in the murders. Yeah. She rushes to Black Elm. Yeah. And she gets into the the basement. She sees Darlington's parents dead. And then the third thingy. I flipped back to the very beginning. Yeah. Risking being late to the podcast. I flipped <laughs> back to the very beginning. Yeah. And reread the beginning which I think was cheating. It was cheating because in the very beginning, she, she it when you like open the beginning. In the beginning, she comes to Black Elm to do what? <gasps> to feed Cosmo. Yeah. Oh, Dawes had a routine, but now it's Alex's routine too. Oh, Cosmo, this there's no thinking about. Oh, Darlington might have killed this and this yeah. person. There's no rush. She just notices, oh, there's a door open. Yeah. Oh, 
why is it open? You know, it feels like she's just been like in on a stroll to the park and she's like, oh, I probably need to feed Cosmo. She went to the, the and then like, oh, I accidentally fell into the basement. Somebody pushed me, I think. Oh, there are bodies. Ah, the book starts, right? Yeah. But like, in reality, she rushed in. She knew like there were no thoughts of Cosmo feeding cat. What now? Yeah. What cat? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, There's no Alf here. <laughs> like, so I really, like, didn't like that. I don't like okay. when authors do that because I feel like it's you cheating. You think it's a little retcon. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like, I'm like, I'm not stupid. I remember. Yeah. You know, I remember it wasn't that. Because those are two different scenes. They are two different scenes. Absolutely two diff- different tones. And I felt like I was cheated. I forgive you, Lee Bardugo. Mm-hmm. I forgive you, especially if in new editions you cross one little article there. Doesn't matter anyway, but I just wanted to point that out. And another plot hole that I I noticed, not like yeah, plot. I I have a question to you. Yeah. Remember how they descended into hell and they had those amazing stories of Trip and how he ended up being a murderer. Yeah. Turner, Mercy, or not Mercy. Um. Dawes. Dawes. <sighs> We had stories of everyone who was alive, uh, going to hell, descending to hell. And instead of Alex's story, we get Helly's. Yes. Why? I have a. I just have a question. I think. Yeah. I honestly, I'm not sure. I'm. Almost, I have a hunch, but. I'm. What's your hunch? Let me form my thoughts. What's your hunch? No, tell me your your oh, thoughts no. first, because my hunch is. Not beautiful. Like it's not okay. in in the favor of Libardugo. I. But I don't don't want to make that comment. If you make a comment that makes me change my mind, I'm not gonna make my comment. Okay. Okay. So please save Libardugo at this point. <laughs> I because I only can find one explanation. I am wondering if it was Helly's point of view, because it was Helly who actually committed the murders through Alex's body. Because, yeah, Alex had the motivation, sure, but it, it wasn't... Helly was possessing Alex at that moment. Alex was not running the show. Helly was running the show. If your premise is right, then I have the next question. Okay. If that is correct, how come Alex was allowed... Well, she killed Belle Baum, so she's still a murderer. She's still a murderer multiple times over at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, and honestly, and honestly, um, Dawes is not technically a murderer. She was defending herself. But she thinks of herself as a murderer. True. I just, my question, okay, my other question then would be, okay, and this is maybe nitpicking, but this is something that threw me off. I I was thinking about it. I don't understand why. And also, I was kind of like, ah, if that's why, if I think correctly. But anyway, um, th- living, like, it was four of them. Like, I still, like, I understand what you're saying, but he, Helly was not with them. No. She, she's dead. She's not even a gray. I mean, I mean, she's, she's like, she's, it feels like she's moved on. She has. So, if she has moved on in the magic system and mythology mm-hmm. of the book, it doesn't make sense for them to see her. She doesn't exist. Like her, neither her soul nor her body. Mm-hmm. That's why I was confused. Yeah. And the only 
Okay, so now you haven't changed my mind. I still think the way I think. So I think there are two reasons why Liberdugo did that. Mm. First is because we've already gotten that same scene from Alex's perspective in the first book. And she wanted to change it up. Two, changing it up to Heli's perspective helped with setting up for Alex's demon. It definitely did that. Yeah, that was going to be my follow-up point, is that it helped set up for for Alex's demon. But I think it also helps Alex become a little bit more sympathetic in Turner's eyes. Because Turner, up until this point, he knows trouble follows her. He doesn't really particularly like Alex. He doesn't really like working with Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a job. He thinks she's trouble. But having it from Helly's perspective kind of shifts the blame off of off of Alex just a little. Yeah, that's that's also true. But it's not the reason why she. I I was just curious why she chose Helly's POV and not Alex's. Like, it did affect Turner's uh, yeah. view of Alex, no doubt. And yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it that it did. But it's still not the reason why she right. she did it. I think I think. To be blunt, I agree. I think she did it to change up because we already got it from Alex's Yeah, perspective. change it up, set up for change the... Yeah, so it was like a tool. Well, and because... Okay. And because Alex's perspective is hazy on what happened. She's still... Like, she knows what happened, but she's still a little bit hazy. But from seeing it from Helly's perspective, we see it extremely clearly what happened okay so i think we were able to see extra clarity because when alex is possessed possessed not using a gray being possessed by a gray yeah she kind of loses her own autonomy and she loses clarity in the moment and Mm -hmm. so her memories of the moment are not reliable yeah i i will say this when i read that i had a little bit of problem with it because i'm like oh this feels again like cheating you know sometimes you just feel those moments when you're being manipulated yeah, as a like, reader this, this is manipulating me because we're about to see but, become a demon. but i have to redeem Liberdugo in my own eyes because alex also saw that from Helly's perspective and in the end of the book it came back when she remembered oh Helly saw me as a doorway. Yeah. And that was like a very key point in the climax. Yes. So when she that happened, yeah. So when that happened, I'm like, okay, it served multiple purposes. Liberduko, yeah. you are forgiven in my eyes. Good writer. Check, check, good check. Job, good job. Heart, heart, like, 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 you're yeah. good. Yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to double check if I was the yeah, only yeah, yeah. one confused. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that all the points you wanted to make before we move on to the last question? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. Yeah. It's fine. Right. If you have more, we can we can talk. We have all night. We have. Well, I mean, <laughs> would like to sleep at some point. <laughs> yeah, I need to wake up at five anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you? Though? I have trained at six thirty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to. Okay. Last question. I, have to... I really do. Anyway, yeah. Last question. Okay. Sorry. Last question. Yeah. We see Alex starting to work on her wheel walker powers like she's starting to work on working with grays more readily we're seeing her like in the end with my with her with her um going to retrieve 
Darlington, she uses her wheelwalker powers. In the first gauntlet, she uses her wheelwalker powers. She, we're starting to see her use more of these things. Mm-hmm. How do you think these powers will continue to develop in the next book? Like, I'm kind of excited for that. And then what potential do you think Alex has as a character as these powers continue to grow? And how do you think the powers in control of the houses and Lethe will attempt to control, to regain control of her? Mm-hmm. That's a very good question, by the way. Do you want to start answering or do no, you want me to go ahead. Okay. You go ahead. Well, I cannot make like a joke, but I also think that's partly true. That's fine. Go ahead. So how do... um? do you think these powers will develop blah blah well i think that those people who are dreaming about darlington and uh alex's sex scene they will get one with her powers and his powers like i just i just like judging from the vibe you know oh by the way ah let me tell it ah, okay okay there was this one ah, okay whatever <laughs> you lost it you lost it no i didn't lose it i just don't know if i should re- retract because i wanted to compliment on this one other scene but uh, anyway we can talk about later uh yeah so first of all yeah we are getting that you know what people want i guess with yeah. alex power mm-hmm. um that's a good question because uh i think in the third book uh which i don't know if i'm gonna read the third book Mm-hmm. but i, I don't even know when it's coming out so yeah i uh, i think there is an interesting dynamic developing because in any case whatever alex is in the third book is going to be completely different from the dynamics she had with lethe in the first one because at this point she's becoming stronger yeah than basically balbom whatever yeah, her name was mom only ate the souls and, and kept living like a normal life she didn't really keep playing with the powers yes now alex is becoming more powerful than all the houses together yeah so she can dictate some of the rules and uh Lethe will have to now offer her more i think they would want to go like you know comp give her more compromising or how would you say like yeah. there is going to be some power shifting i think yeah i don't I mean, even know i don't even know if at this point Al- i don't i kind of don't know if alex and darlington will stay under control of lethe with the way so i'm getting that from the moment a moment in the book where darlington left bell elm and it says he didn't turn around to look back. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there was this sense of, like, Darlington is ready to move on yeah, to a next step. And if he is moving on from Black... And I feel like... I, I don't know, but I feel like for Alex, if it's third book or fourth book, if she grows out of Lethe, that's going to be, like, such a character development. She stresses so much about like staying there being under their roof yeah. you know ilva stone has become her home exactly so yeah zero. so it's interesting it can go anyway but i think if it goes the way where she kind of like outgrows lethe with her powers and she kind of does her own thing with darlington and I, I i don't know it would be a very interesting book mm-hmm. 
I don't know though. Like these are my guesses from what I'm picking up yeah. so far. She'll definitely be. She has become so much more powerful in the second book. Yeah. I bet it's gonna grow only stronger. Yeah. And with Darlington's vision of her, honestly, they were hilarious. With Darlington's <laughs> visions of her, I'm yeah. like, um, yeah, guys, keep seeing each other naked on the throne. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you yeah. think? I really think we're going to. I'm really hoping, but like, okay, so in Hellbent, the the stakes became so much higher. The authority of Lethe and the other houses became so much less because the stakes were so much higher, right? Mm -hmm. I honestly am wondering if we are going to either see a total split from Lethe and the societies, mm -hmm. and if they're going to leave Yale entirely, or if they're going to rewrite and become the powers overseeing all of it I'm, yeah i'm wondering if there's going to be a shift in that way where instead of like lethe having control and the houses still having control if they just kind of do a little bit of a coup situation mm -hmm. because feels like that he's a demon she's a wheel walker and if they they're gonna fight hell they're gonna have to the door is propped open demons are coming through at mm -hmm. the end there and they're like okay let's go fight some demons um and it's truly because the houses and lethe created the gauntlet in the first place and they made the deal with the devil they made the deal with the devil they were the ones who they they were the ones who started the problem so mm -hmm. now alex has to come along and fix the problem Mm -hmm. because that's the only reason these wheel walkers have been continually drawn to new haven because these houses these unsupervised boys mm -hmm. made a trip to hell because of hubris and then they got stuck making a deal with the devil mm -hmm. to keep to because hell wanted all this power and so now alex is gonna have to fix it which is kind of a recurring theme, as we've talked about throughout these books. Yeah. Alex, like, these powers out of her control, these powers that be keep making dumb decisions or they keep doing things, and now she's got to come along and react to it. And so I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see um, some kind of overcoming of hell uh, hopefully i mean you never know if there's going to be a fourth book eventually then maybe it'll get worse i maybe don't know maybe fifth six i mean i mean i saw a little blurb from uh looking into everything that lee bardugo said that she would love she i think she had like 12 books in her head but she's like i i need to pare that down that's too much wait 12 books of galaxy stern in my life <laughs> She, she's, that's, that was like when she first started imagining it, she had so many different storylines in her head. I think she was just imagining like so many things. Um, but I think she's pared it down. I don't know if that means it's going to be three, four, five, six, but it's not going to be 12. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know that it's going to be at least a third, maybe a fourth, possibly six. I don't know. Well, you know what? Even if it's 12 of them, I think we will all just read them really yeah well yeah. i mean i mean if i have to okay if i have to read the third one for the podcast i'll do it because it's so fun discussing it with you yeah, yeah if i just need to read it for fun i'll go read jerry project <laughs> i mean 
Okay. I would read Sarah J. Maas before I would read Lee Bardugo, but that's just my own personal preference, too. My favorite yeah. moment in uh, Darlington Alex moment in Hellbent yeah. was when she was in his bedroom, and I think I'm correct with that scene. And and he was like, you do understand that I will need to stay tomorrow in hell. Like, somebody has to stay there, yeah. right? And she's like, so you're telling me that we got you, we went to hell to get you out so you could just stay there? Yeah. And he's basically, yeah. And she's just like, absolutely not. No, she kind of, she said, nah, ha, ha, you. And then she kind of left. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was so good. Because, like, I'm like, this is exactly what Alex Stern would say yeah. to Darlington if he said some <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was so good. I, I was like, yeah, this is good. There were lots of scenes that were good in this book. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed... I think I think I enjoyed Hellbent a little bit more than Ninth House because, like, yeah. yeah, Ninth House was fun. I liked the murder mystery. I like murder mysteries. They're fun. Like... It was fun until it got revealed. That's kind of the way mysteries go, right? It's like, it's fun. It's like the whodunit moment. And then once everything comes out, it's like, all right, close up the book. We're good. Yeah. Um, but then Hellbent, it was it was just a different vibe. Like I said, it, it feels like the difference between Sherlock Holmes and Indiana Jones to me. Like, that's really, that's really what, in my mind, that's the vibes that I've got from it. Um, but yeah, I'm really... I'm I'm looking forward to the third book. Like I said, have zero idea. I don't even think there's a title. I just know that she is working on it. I don't know when it's coming out, what the title will be. But again, if you haven't bent, no, haven't sent, haven't sent. No, that's too. That's no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Sent. Get that out of here. That rhymes with hellbent. No, 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 no. Hellbent. Uh, heaven. You know what? We have to speculate on the third book title so that, so then that, so that then we could be wrong. Oh, like, yeah. it's sometimes really healthy to just be wrong. I mean, yeah, we're going to be wrong because Heaven Sent <laughs> is stupid. Okay. <laughs> well, if we come up with three titles, we'll be like triple wrong. Okay. Which is also cool. Okay. Like, okay. being triple wrong is triple healthy. Okay. <laughs> I'm not quite sure I'm following the logic here, but okay. So yeah, it was weird, but anyway. Um. I know. Well, and, and it doesn't help anything, too, because I'm waiting for an, a second book in a duology to come out next year that is completely different. But the second book already has a title, and it's called Heavenly Tyrant, and that's all I can think of right now because it has heaven in there. And so I'm just like, it's not going to be that because there's already a different book. So I don't know. Hmm. I mean, Hellbent kind of, like, the title just kind of lent itself. But, like, we don't really know besides, like, fighting demons. Like, mm. Yeah. Mm. No, no, man. Yeah. Something with heaven. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe yeah. it won't even be heaven. Maybe it'll be a different realm that we are not even sure what that exists yet. Yeah. Like. Okay, before we finish up. Yeah. Last words. Uh, we haven't talked about turner okay yeah let's let's get into turner turner is honestly i mean i i don't know who i would put first turner or darlington like as an interesting character because okay. turner is a very interesting character and yeah. i also want to say that i loved the stories yeah i so much enjoyed trips 
well, Dawes as we knew. It Dawes was kind of like rehearsing, but yeah, like but we got Trick? it from her perspective. Trick Turner. Yeah, those were interesting, and they impacted everything they else did. later. Yes, like I really love those stories. Won't point out because we didn't talk about them. Yeah, but just very briefly, just that that was very great, and I really enjoyed. I didn't expect to feel so connected to these characters after that. I didn't really, yeah, like, I didn't expect Trips to be so... Deep. Yeah. Like, he's, like, not a deep character at all. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really not. And maybe that's because we get him from Alex's perspective. Mm-hmm. And we've I feel so. About, we've yeah. talked about how Alex just kind of pushes him to the side, doesn't really see him as much more than... Yeah, like, he's just a... He's a token. Yeah. He's a token character to her. Um, until. But, like, until. But, yeah, I, I was surprised at the depth. And I think Alex was too, honestly. When yeah. she saw it, she was like, she kind of looked at Trip in a new light. She did, and she 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 would come back in her her she she would remember like from his memory all like you yeah. know like what Spencer did to him, and she would like even relate to him in certain moments. Like, oh, this is how Trip felt when you know Spencer did this and that. Yeah, like it was really cool. I I think that was really great. I think it was the best way she could have written the descent into hell, going mm-hmm. through the worst moments of their lives. Yeah, you the know, moments that made them a murderer. A murderer, which is like the the wounds, the character wounds, yeah. right, that are hurting still. Yeah. And it was very like kind of very um, smart. Only Bardugo's part to do that. So I I really liked that. And Turner, Turner is um, great. His and Alex's dynamic, oh my goodness. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's perfect. And in this book, there was like a little shift, mm-hmm. you know, because like there was... Um, There's a little more respect between both of them. Between both of them. And sometimes I liked the moments when like Turner or Alex would withhold... Of saying something they would have said before. Yes. That was cool. I yeah. really liked it. Like, Alex would be like, she would have said this, but not now. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really great. So, yeah, Hellbent, for me, also by far, is marginally better than Ninth House. Like, like skyrocket better. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just, both of them are not my cup of tea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because of the way, because of some, like, pad peeves that I have about writing, it just happens to be there. Not that it's bad writing. It's just something that I don't necessarily enjoy. Yeah. And, um, but the stories themselves are great and I I can see why they are highly rated. And I don't know, you asked me in the beginning whether they lived up to the hype. I know there was so much hype about these books. Huge amount of hype. I, I literally picked up Ninth House not because I knew anything about the plot, just because I had heard, this is a fantastic book. I'm like, all right, let me grab it. I, I, I can say this. There are much, 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 much worse books than this oh, that are hyped. Yes. I think compared to majority of books that are hyped, Ninth House deserves the hype. Yeah. Is it the best book ever? Oh. Not at all. No. Um, same for Hellbent. Right. Like, is is it the best series? No. Not at all. But but it deserves it deserves attention for yeah. sure. 
and it it deserves i i can see why why it's highly rated oh, like sure. i i can see how like majority of people would love it even yeah. though i i didn't enjoy it like to my heart content yeah um i still found okay there are a lot of things to find to enjoy whoever you are even oh, yeah. if you are like me <laughs> um yeah 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 Thank you, Lee Bardugo, for writing the stories, making yes. money. Good job. I bought both of your books. Didn't pay for audio, sorry. Library. The library paid for it. The library paid for it, yeah. Yeah, thank you, yes. library. <laughs> we like what you've got. Yeah. Rick and Morty. <laughs> Reference for anybody out there. Well, that is a wrap for Ninth House and Hellbent. Until next time, everyone. Yay.